Hey, it's Kimberly, host of the Start Me Up podcast. If you like your politics with some loose talk and salty language, you're going to love my show. I interview the coolest people like Mary Trump, Kathy Griffin, and DNC chair Jamie Harrison. The Start Me Up podcast has an easygoing, casual style and a strong emphasis on left-leaning politics. We also have frank discussions about sex and more than a few spirited rants. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup or wherever you get your podcasts and start listening today. Have you ever listened to Muller She Wrote and thought, man, I bet they have the best audience in the history of podcasts? Well, you'd be right. Our listeners are smart and tech savvy, and they love staying engaged. If you'd like to advertise on our podcast, and you're an awesome company that we can get behind, contact us at MullerSheWrote.com. If you'd like to stop hearing these ads and want access to our locked mini-sodes, bonus content, and Muller She Wrote gifts... You can become a patron for as little as $1 per month and have full access to all that we offer. Visit MullerSheWrote.com and click subscribe for details. Thank you for listening. Warning, this podcast contains laughter. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G. I'm a federal government junior executive, so I have to keep my identity out of my politics to comply with the Hatch Act. With me always is Jaleesa Johnson. Hey, guys. But joining us this week, because Jordan is on vacation, is Jesse Egan. Good evening, San Diego. I'm Veronica Corningstone. Tits McGee is on vacation. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, good how to was see you? you guys? It's good to see you. I'm glad yeah. to have you back. I'm glad to be back. You've been with us on a couple of episodes, and yep. you're, you're our favorite guest. So thank Coming you for being off the bench, baby. <laughs> bench player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how was your week, you guys? Really good. good. Yeah. yeah. Did it, some stand up, and some of it was good. Some was bad. And <laughs> oh yeah, I. I had a good one. I had uh, my weekly show in Hillcrest. That was nice. Yeah, you're doing the weekly at Martinez Above Fourth, right? Exactly. Well, monthly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I shouldn't say weekly. It's definitely monthly. But Yeah, uh, you shouldn't say weekly if it's monthly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you should go anyways. Yeah, great venue. Um, go yeah. daily. Exactly. Yeah. There Thank- we go. And thanks for listening to our annual podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have a correction from last week, guys. Uh, well, more of an I didn't know this declaration. Uh, uh, but now I know the judge presiding over Manafort's case. I thought it might be a woman. I wasn't sure. It is a man, and this is the one who's presiding over the Virginia case, mm. not the DC case. His okay. name is his name is Judge Ellis, and he's a really tough judge, um, which is good for if you're on our side. So thanks to Kimberly Phillips for that detail. She mm. works in that office. So nice. Thank you very much, Kimberly, for that info. All right, this week's hot notes. Jesse's going to cover the New York Times article on the Nader Broidy document dump. Yes. 
And Jalise is going to talk to us about new re- revelations surrounding Guccifer 2.0. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be discussing Cambridge Analytica. But let's start with all the week's news in just the facts. Okay, last weekend, Trump went on a Twitter tirade calling out Mueller by name for the first time, mm. including tweets like, quote, Why does Mueller have 13 hardened Democrats and some big crooked Hillary supporters and zero Republicans? Uh, and uh, another favorite, quote, The Mueller probe should never have started. Uh, in that there was no collusion and there was no crime. It was based on a fraudulent activity and a fake dossier paid for by Crooked Hillary and the DNC <laughs> with improperly used, it was improperly used in a FISA court for surveillance on my campaign, Witch Hunt. So He's sticking to the story. <laughs> he is, he is. So let's break down these tweets real quick because this is hilarious to me. Um, uh, first of all, he says, why does Mueller have 13 hardened Democrats and some Hillary supporters? Uh, first, Mr. Trump, you were once a Democrat and a Hillary supporter, so shut up. <laughs> um, secondly, it's not Mueller's fault that the most amazing legal minds happen to be Democrats. It's not my fault. Uh, <laughs> I like the term hardened Democrats. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? I don't I don't know. They're... As opposed to those snowflakes. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Maybe he's saying we're not snowflakes anymore. We That's progress. wishy-washy Democrats. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Fairweather Democrats. Yeah. I thought there were Republicans mainly, though. Well, there was, there's like nine Republicans okay. and 12 Democrats. Maybe that's what he means. Maybe a Republican is just a hardened Democrat. <laughs> you leave the Democrat out too long on yeah, the counter. It, he's really gotten stiff. It gets crusty. Like Republican now. Yeah, that would explain a lot. Crusty yeah. Democrats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. I think you might be right. Maybe. Uh, and then how can he say zero Republicans on the Mueller team? Uh, Mueller. Yeah. <laughs> Mueller is a Republican. <laughs> Uh, then Trump said, quote, the Mueller investigation was based, based on the fake dossier paid for by Hillary. Dude, the Nunes memo refutes this. The one you signed and released uh, <laughs> without talking to the FBI or the Department of Justice. Quote, the DNC improperly used the dossier in a FISA court for surveillance of my campaign. First of all, the FISA court is called the FISC, you dipshit. <laughs> Uh, now, I understand maybe many of our listeners don't know that, but the guy who runs it, who's fucking in charge of it, might know. And yeah. the president probably should know, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. Who, yeah, that's who I meant. At least before. Oh, yeah, meeting. sorry. Of course. <laughs> it's, you're right. You, it's, it's scary to think that he runs it, but he, he's in charge of that whole area. Mm-hmm. Um, it was used to surveil Carter Page, not your campaign. Mm-hmm. Carter Page left your campaign uh, well before he started getting picked up and surveilled again by the FBI. And I say again by the FBI because it's been a few times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the first FISA warrant was granted after he left. So anyway, and that's all according to the Nunes memo. That's your boy's memo. Mm-hmm. So many believe that his attacking Mueller by name for the first time is Trump testing the waters of Congress to see who gives a shit, basically. <laughs> mm. And a few Republicans did speak out against the firing of Mueller, including Lindsey Graham, uh, Bob Corker, Orrin Hatch, Gene Shaheen, Marco Rubio, and Paul Ryan. Though Paul Ryan wrote it, he didn't speak it. Mm. Um, Trump's lawyer Ty Cobb released a statement saying, again, that Trump was not thinking about firing special counsel. Oh, and Trump, I know you listen. Special counsel is C-O-U-N-S-E-L, not C-I-L. So just, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, they're homophones, so, you know, he might not. And that's not a gay term, Mr. President. That's, that just means they're two <laughs> words spelled differently that sound the same. That's what a homophone is. I feel like I'm taking him to school right now. Yeah, that was a fun one for me to learn. I haven't heard that since, like, second grade. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, he's very, he's hard like the Marine Corps. 
Mm. Wasn't that the other? The C O R E, yeah, like the Apple Corps of the yeah. Marines. Hardened Democrats on the Marine Corps. Yeah, when you eat a Marine, you're left with a core. A core. <laughs> That's what the Marine. Corps. The inner core of the there Marine. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, also over the weekend, a few Democrats offered to hire Andy McCabe. Remember, mm. Andy McCabe was fired uh, by Jeff Sessions, <clears throat> Trump, last week um, <laughs> because of. Uh, his lack of candor <clears throat> because he can back up Comey's memo. We all know what's really going on. This was when he had one day left to, on his retirement? Yeah, like 48 hours yeah. left. So all these Democrats are coming forward saying, hey, we'll hire you, man. We'll hire you, buddy. And then you can get your two days and then you can get your pension. Mm. Uh, he hasn't taken any of the offers and I wouldn't do that if I were him. Why not? F- well, first, he can do that after this is all over. Okay. Oh, he doesn't okay. have to do it any in any given time period. Right, there's no rush, yeah. Okay. Uh, and doing it now could look partisan, like he's teaming up with Democrats, and oh. he needs to be credible in his testimony right. against Trump yeah. in the Mueller probe. It could also interfere with any appeal or lawsuit he might bring against um, mm. the administration for wrongful termination. Um, maybe if a Republican offered to hire him, it wouldn't look so inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But like, that'll happen. But like I said, he can really wait until this is all done and then go to work for two days for somebody and, yeah. and get his pension nice. after, after it's all uh, said and done. Uh, we learned Kushner falsified New York housing paperwork. Basically, he was reporting that he had no rent protected tenants when he did, uh, and he worked to drive them out. Um, so. Then on Sunday, we learned Dan Scavino's wife filed for divorce. And remember, Julissa, this is the guy you went... Who's Scavino? This is your buddy. uh, Yeah, he's a social media guy for Trump. Like, he's one of the few people in charge of his Twitter. And he's known Trump his whole life since he was a teenager. And he really admires him, yeah. We're just finding out now there's someone in charge of his Twitter? You know, it's interesting, yeah. People are saying that, like, you can't tell which one. Like, from the last episode, we mentioned this. Like, Trump is the one who does, like, the the misspellings and the late-night crazy Twitter rants. Scavino's all the, oh, I can't believe Trump said that. That's actually pretty decent. Scavino's the one who uses words like sanctimonious. And choir boy. We're positive that Scavino is not just an alter ego for Trump. <laughs> like uh, Andy what? Kaufman. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. We should find out. Let's investigate that. Well, there, there's pictures of them together. And here, here's... Oh. here's a, Trump's Tony Clifton. It is. It's, yeah. it's Tony Clifton. He kind of looks like him, too. He, he started out as a caddy at Trump's club. Yeah. Oh. And then worked his way up to be manager of the snack bar. Mm-hmm. And then worked his way up to be, I don't know, ball washer. <laughs> um, he ended up managing that club. And then he's just been kind of a mentee to Trump this whole time. Okay. Okay. And now he's the official Twitter not reader. Yeah, I think his official title is um, like one of the communications advisors. Advisors, yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah. Hope's Hick, Hope Hicks did basically, he did okay. a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. He's the only one who he's the only other one who has access to Trump's Twitter. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Like to log in and tweet. Not that lawyer that claimed that they had <laughs> composed that tweet. I, I guess they would say, yeah, oh, he's Dowd the other again? guy that has access. Yeah, well, no, who I, knows? I don't think that lawyer had access. Got, yeah, I don't buy mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, mm. So he's his wife is filing for divorce. Um, we also learned from the Washington Post that Trump makes all of his White House staffers sign non-disclosure agreements mm. with $10 million penalties attached. Wow. Which is against the Constitution. But, you know, <laughs> that huh. old thing. That's the only time he's ever gone against the Constitution. So we'll let him have this one. <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, we also found out over the weekend that Mueller has submitted a list of questions to the White House. 
Uh, according to the New York Times, it was upon receiving this list of questions that Trump went off on his Twitter tirade, lambasting really? the investigation. Wow. So he sent over some questions, and then Trump got all... Mueller. The Big Four? Uh, I don't know if this is connected to the Big Four, okay. but uh, it might be. Um, and okay. then it was leaked later in the week, and we'll go over that. Mm. So um, Monday... Um, that was over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, <laughs> Monday? <laughs> that, was, that was weekend news. Oh, my God. Um, then, um, Monday, Trump hired a new attorney. And this is a conspiracy theorist that he saw on Fox and Friends like a year ago who believes that Trump has been framed by the FBI. He believes that that the, the FBI and the Department of Justice wanted Hillary to win. And when she didn't, they set out to frame Donald Trump for these crimes. Mm. So this is D De Geneva. De Geneva. His name is Joe De Geneva, and and here's something I didn't know. De Geneva is also representing Corallo. Um, Corallo was the the legal spokesperson for the Trump legal team, and he quit after he witnessed Trump and company drafting a false statement about the June 2016 meeting mm-hmm. on Air Force One. Right. So there could be a conflict of interest there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he, was the. Uh, Adoption excuse letter. Exactly. Exactly. When yeah. they when they decided to say that the that the meeting in Trump Tower was about adoptions, Russian adoptions. Great. Okay. Despite the emails that came out from DT Junior later saying it was about dirt on Hillary and that he loved it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Corallo quit upon that. And yeah. Then he's being represented by De Geneva. Uh huh. Interesting. And if Corallo is a witness against Trump in an obstruction of justice case, Corallo cannot represent. Or I'm sorry, DeGeneva can't represent Corallo and Trump because they're against each other. Mm. Love it. Be a conflict He's of interest. He's got to choose, yeah. Uh, DeGeneva's wife represents Sam Clovis. Clovis was the radio personality guy that became the architect of Trump's National Security Council hmm. that included Schmitz and Page and Papadop and Ferris and all those dipshits. Uh, and that could be a conflict of interest as well. Hmm. Also on Monday, a whole ton of news started to drop about Cambridge Analytica and Alexander Nix, the CEO. Um, he's the CEO of the parent company of, of Cambridge Analytica. Okay. Um, I'll be going over this in detail later. But as you know, last week we reported that Cambridge Analytica stole 50 million Facebook user data, users' data and used it to manipulate the election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's... And Zuckerberg uh, apologized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, we learned that Trump's lawyers had their first face-to-face meeting with Mueller's team just before Trump went nuts on Twitter last weekend. That's probably when he was presented mm. with the questions. Huh. And that Trump's lawyers have turned over now a bunch of written summaries of events as they saw them happen mm. of interest to the Mueller team in hopes that that would satisfy the special counsel's inquiries. Wow. And they've tried a few things, too. Like they sat down saying, you know, we'll, we can write 25 questions that we'll be willing to answer. And if we do, then you have to stop the investigation in 60 days. Yeah. <laughs> like they've just tried all these tactics while they're trying to negotiate this, this sit down. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And who knows where they're going now with this conspiracy theory guy at the helm. Uh, are these White House lawyers or like he, he also has that personal lawyer, John right. Dowd, that just quit. Was that one of them that yeah. was? It was Dowd and Seculo. Those are the two lawyers that are uh, running the, the heading up. the. They were heading up the Russia investigation. Okay. Seculo is still there. Uh, and a guy named Kasowitz. Um, okay. It's not McGahn, who's the White House lawyer, and it's not his personal lawyer, Cohen. Okay. Those are different people. He's got a lot of lawyers. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, sign number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tuesday, Paul Ryan said that he had been assured that firing Mueller was not under consideration, despite Trump tweeting directly at him all weekend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's ridiculous. 
we also learned Trump was trying to hire a guy named Ted Olson. He's a longtime Republican lawyer. He was also the Solicitor General under Bush. <laughs> Very well-respected Republican mm. legal mind. Uh, a lot of um, legal analysts and lawyers really respect that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump asked Olson last year if he would represent him, and he turned him down then. Huh. Uh, and we would find out later in the week that he turned him down again. Really? Um, now, been... this is not the expert in impeachment uh, proceedings. Hmm. Nope, this that is... was Emmett T. Flood, who apparently... <laughs> what a great name. I yes. know, he's Dukes well, of Hazard all the way. <laughs> Emmett T. Flood. Yeah. That's really close to Elmer Fudd. It I is. Mean, it's great. I think it's Roscoe P. Coltrane. I oh, think I love it. Who I who mm-hmm. reminds me of. Please <laughs> is like, like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the old No, it's okay. Of... And then Trump's boss hog in that metaphor? Oh, <laughs> heck Yeah. Actually, Dowd kind of looks like Boss Hogg, doesn't he? <laughs> so, yeah, we'd find out later in the week that he turned him down again. In fact, four lawyers have turned him down this week. So. Wow. Rejected. <laughs> bonk, now, bonk. Is that, was that prior to or after uh, Dowd quit mm-hmm. that he's asking for more lawyers? It was before and after. Okay. Um, but we got the news after Dowd quit. Um, and a lot of people were speculating as to why Dowd quit. And it, yeah. Dowd had been saying for a while now... He can't take anymore. Trump doesn't listen to me. Mm-hmm. He, he actually said that? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't yeah. listen to me. <laughs> Which we all knew, but I guess this guy's finally had enough, right? Like, he's just like, I, I can't do anything at all. Yeah, I think Yeah, he was like, and then when he had put, pull, pulled DeGeneva on, he's like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that this was a frame job. Right. Was there a straw, you think, that broke the camel's back there with Dowd? Like, was there one piece of instruction that he gave him recently that he ignored? I mean, I remember uh, them saying that they advised him not to praise Putin after he won mm-hmm. uh, the election, and yet yeah. he did that anyway. Was that, that something wasn't, that... That wasn't legal advice. That, that was national security advice. Okay. Um, I think the last straw for, for Dowd was hiring DeGeneva. Mm. Okay, I, that makes I, sense. I do. Uh, I haven't asked him personally, but that's what <laughs> I think. Yeah. You let me know what he says. And in fact, that day... Um, when he picked up DeGeneva, Dowd threatened to leave. And he, oh. that's when he said, Trump doesn't listen to me. So it's pretty clear, yeah. That's now, the week. the week before that, Dowd had um, tried to get them to just shut the investigation down, period, right? Didn't he kind of come out and say, uh, this, you know, this. Yeah, he, he, they said uh, that Rosenstein should follow in the genius footsteps of Sessions and shut down this investigation. <laughs> so that was sort of his last ditch. Like, can you just shut this down? No? All right, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was his Hail Mary right yeah, there. It was right. his last chance saloon. Yeah. So um, anyway, Dowd would end up resigning on Thursday. Uh, and then I'm wondering if Cobb is on his way out too, Ty Cobb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Now, Ty Cobb is another personal lawyer. That's a White House lawyer. That's his. Per- that's a personal, a personal lawyer, lawyer handling the Russia investigation. The Colonel, right? That's the one. Yeah, that's the one with the the mustache. Hello, <laughs> hello. Very southern. How to do that? Plantation yeah. owner. It looks like he should yeah. sort of sell fried chicken, maybe, or something. Definitely, like he stole yes. some black slaves' recipe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Oh my God, please. <laughs> Uh, so I'm guessing uh, he's going to abandon all normal lawyers, Trump, and he'll probably just focus on this cons- conspiracy wow. thing. But when he finds out DeGeneva can't rep him, uh, he's going to have well, a fit. Well, I guess DeGen- like, could De- DeGeneva would t- toss his other client, right? He, yeah, for, he could get Trump. rid of Corallo for yeah. sure. Mm. And then to what you were talking about, Jesse, Trump ignored his security advisors and congratulated Putin on his electoral win. Mm. 
Uh, McCain denounced this move, saying, quote, an American president does not lead the free world by congratulating dictators on winning sham elections, <laughs> unquote. Damn. <laughs> yeah, snap. Why only McCain? Why is McCain the only one that'll come out and say something? Because he's dying. Yeah, it, it's it's all the Republicans who are dying or retiring. It's, yeah, you have to be on your way out for you mm-hmm. to stand up to this person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. Um, Trump uh, congratulated Putin despite notes given to him by his national security team saying, in all caps, do not congratulate. (laughs) (laughs) But as we know, he doesn't like to read. He's proclaimed. Right. Right. They should have put his name on it or something, mm -hmm. right? Uh, And I don't know if they briefed him. I don't know if we don't know if they if if he ignored them. Yeah. Or if he just didn't read it. Right. Or if he's afraid of Putin. Mm. All Um, three possible. Can he ignore it and not be able to read? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) They should try reverse psychology on him. Right. You know, like if the memo was like, make sure to praise Putin. And he'd be like, oh, I'm not going to do it now. Yeah. No way. Security advisor. (laughs) Who needs you? The the story got out to the Washington Post really quickly. um, And many in in the administration were upset that the story leaked. Um, (laughs) They're always upset about leaks. Well. But not crimes. But this one's pretty big. (laughs) This one's pretty big because yeah. only super top people were around during that call. Mm. So that means a super top person leaked this shit. Yes. I think it was McMaster. Uh-huh. Um, that's why Bolton visited the White House on Thursday. Trump found out it was McMaster and he was already on the outs because um. because of his tough talk on Russia after the nerve gas attack on, mm-hmm. on Sergei Skripal and his daughter. Mm-hmm. And just earlier in the week, uh, Tillerson uh had been fired and his last thing that he did was talk tough on russia yeah so yeah i think that uh that that's what happened and actually when i tweeted i said uh, mcmaster has hours yeah wow and within hours he was he was out it's crazy who is left (laughs) nobody kellyanne i think right kellyanne conway (laughs) yeah the hatch act destroyer yeah (laughs) is that the only person left from her and pence mother of dragons breaker of the hatch act (laughs) (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there okay uh the story about bandon's oversight of the facebook data breach at cambridge analytica broke tuesday and we'll cover that more in detail everybody's involved in cambridge wow on Wednesday, we found out that Nunes is being investigated by the FEC, that's the Federal Election Commission, for possible campaign violations. No. Mm. <laughs> I wonder if the FEC was tipped off by Mueller's team. That would be awesome. Or maybe the FBI or DOJ. Mm. Uh, Nunes, as you know, is the recused and bewildered former head of the House Intelligence Committee, which who just last week ended uh, his investigation, decided to end the House investigation into Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be recovering the Republicans' findings the majority report uh, in a mini-sode this week. So if you're a patron, look for that. Yeah. That's going to be a good one. We did the minority report last week, so I figured we'd do the majority report mm. this week. It's nice, yeah. The Mueller investigation let us know uh, the four main areas of questions that they have for Trump. And they include uh, the firing of Comey, the firing of Flynn, the meeting, which yeah. is, I, I'm just going to call the June 9th, 2016 meeting, me- the meeting from it now It rolls off the tongue, yeah. <laughs> the meeting. Um, and drafting the message about the meeting aboard Air Force One. Mm. So we'll be going over all the ramifications of this uh, in another exclusive mini-sode this week, so you want to check that out. Um, That one's going to be really fun. We're going to talk about these four areas and what they might mean for the investigation. Kind of gives us an insight as to what Mueller's looking at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who wants to hear from Trump's mouth his explanation on those four topics, huh? Yeah, he's got a lot of questions for him. Yeah. Uh, Probably questions he already knows the answers to. Oh, yeah. And has documentation to back up. Mm. He, he rarely brings people in for interviews uh, if he's fishing. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> he fishes in the small pond and then gets all the info and then goes after the big guy. <laughs> It'd be fun to date him. He would do all his research. You know it. <laughs> He'd be like, well, Allison, I know you don't like white chocolate. Tonight we're going out for sushi. Whoa, dude. Yeah, but I can't have a night to myself, right? Seriously. Like, well, I understand that you're a hardened Democrat. Huh? <laughs> He'd be like, where were you tonight? And I'm like, you tell me, man. Yeah, I, you tell me. You know. <laughs> Uh, also on Wednesday, the New York Times released documents between Nader and Broidy, mm-hmm. new documents regarding Saudi Arabia, which may have influenced the White House's policy on Qatar. Uh, we learned a few weeks back that Kushner's dad tried to get a loan from Qatar, and they turned him down. So now we have competing reasons that the policy on Qatar took a 180, mm-hmm. um, because we've been friends with Qatar for a long time. We have a, a base there with like 8,000 troops, wow. well, a lot of troops. So, uh, but Jesse's going to go over this article a little bit later in the show. And that's how you say that, huh? This whole time I was thinking it's Qatar. <laughs> yeah, I thought Qatar. So some people Qatar. say Qatar. Some people say Qatar. Legend of um, Qatar. Yeah, I like that. I say Qatar because that's what Trump's going to become after all this. Coors Cutter mm. is uh, a delicious Middle Eastern beer. Mm. No, it's not. <laughs> I didn't think there <laughs> I was, was so such convinced. a thing. <laughs> that's a nineties beer. Yeah. Later on Wednesday, the Intercept reported that uh, Imbissa said he got Jared Kushner in his pocket. Now, note that this is Imbissa, not Imbiza. Mohammed bin Salman is the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, whereas Mohammed bin Zayed al-Nayan, he's the crown prince of Abu Dhabi Hmm. uh, and in charge of everything in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. Okay. So UAE is Imbiza. Saudi Arabia is Imbissa. Mm -hmm. Mm. MBS. That sounds like bowel problems. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Imbissa, the Saudi guy, bragged to Imbissa, the UAE guy, that Kushner, he's got Kushner in his pocket. And wow. that was after Kushner made an unannounced trip to Riyadh last year, last year, Riyadh last year. <laughs> uh, and apparently Kushner briefed the crown prince on all, on all Saudi leaders that were disloyal to the crown. Yee. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's important. That's, that's intel right there. I don't know if he got that from a security briefing wow. and took it over to the Saudis to tell his buddy. Gosh. Or he just knew. Who Why was. does it seem so many people have Kushner in their pocket? Because he's, he's, he's an easy target. The yeah. remember, remember when the four countries, Israel, UAE, yeah. Turkey, and... Uh, they, they were, were all, all targeting Kushner. Yeah, they were all, they were all saying, he's an easy target, man. Go he's after this guy. He easily owes, well, he easily compromised? Well, he owes $1.2 billion on his 666 Fifth Avenue property, so Yikes. he'll pretty much do anything. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. You know, so mm. he'll do anything This could for be why he never got his security clearance, because he's just so easily compromised. That's probably exactly why he mm-hmm. didn't. And then all of his crooked business dealings in those countries. Um, and his face, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> his face is actually kind of cute. What? It's sort I think of adorable. Putin's cute. Do you Kushner? think Putin's cute? Okay, Kushner's not cute to me, but no, strangely Putin scary is. scary to me. Oh, yeah. you think Putin's cute? I think cute? Putin has a smirk on his face at all times that just gets to me. Yeah, because he's going to kill you. Cute. No, but something about it. I can change him. You like fear. I can oh. change him. <laughs> just an easy fixer-upper, that Putin. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, his ex-wife called him a vampire, so I don't know oh. if you're going to be able to do that. And she was a badass Russian bitch. So. I bet, yeah. Um, it's important to note, too, that the White House this week hosted the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Yes. Uh, and just signed a $1 billion arms deal with Saudi Arabia. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping we could get our guys out of Qatar before we send our guns over to Saudi Arabia, yeah. maybe. Mm. I don't know. Then on Thursday, as suspected earlier in the week, Dowd resigned mm-hmm. uh, as the head of uh, Trump's Russia investigation legal team. Yeah. 
Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. Seculo, uh, one of Trump's other lawyers, said he's staying and he's going to continue to cooperate with special counsel. I don't know if that's the route that Trump wants to take, but that's what Seculo is saying. I personally think they're all going to leave. Uh, if Trump's really going to go pivot to a total discrediting of the Mueller probe by saying he was framed and refused to answer questions because he thinks he shouldn't have to speak with an illegitimate investigator, um, I think that might be his tack. Hmm. Uh, I think all relatively sane lawyers will step aside yeah. for that. Like I said, Ted Olson turned him down, Emmett T. Flood. Turn him down. Flood. He's just going to end up being represented by Alex Jones at some point. <laughs> Buford T. Justice. Buford T. Justice. You're probably totally predicting the future right now. That's who I was thinking. My new attorney from InfoWars. If anyone has ever seen, uh, oh, what is that? Smokey and the Bandit. Cannonball Run. Oh, is it Smokey and yeah. the Bandit? He yeah. was in Cannonball Run, too. Yeah. Okay. Jackie Gleason. I'll Google mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Buford T. Justice. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, I think it's going to be DeGeneva, which uh, means Corrala will have to get a better lawyer. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Mueller will be left either uh, writing his report without Trump's input, or he'll compel Trump to testify with a subpoena. He could also simply indict the president. Yeah. But we know there's legal questions about the feasibility of that. We've mm. gone over that in previous episodes, particularly episode seven. I think we covered it pretty yeah. pretty handily. Mm-hmm. Go back and check that out if you, if you so desire. <laughs> but remember, our sound quality has gotten... Decidedly better since then. The Associated Press announced, uh, and what a shock, uh, that the Trump administration approved that $1 billion arms sale to Saudi Arabia Mm -hmm. and includes more than 6,500 missiles. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, Scary. Could you imagine them all coming at you at once? Like, what is life? Like, what is (laughs) life? They would be aimed at uh, our enemy. They're probably Iran. True. Unless Trump somehow sends it in the wrong direction. I just, I have no faith. (laughs) Like in Superman. <laughs> oh. Old Superman, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we also learned Thursday that Guccifer slipped up and revealed that he's not a lone actor, but a Russian spy. Yeah. Jaleesa has that review act all surprised, but you have this report. It gets me excited every time. Yeah, it's my favorite news. That's of the me. Week. That's me. This is a huge deal, you guys. Mm-hmm. This is a huge deal because this was, remember when Trump was like, it's a, it, I don't know if it was Russians, could be China. Yeah, it's a 400 yeah. pound guy on his could couch. Could be a 400 yeah. pound guy on his couch. I think that was a setup to say that it was Guccifer was a lone actor. Yeah. yeah. And he was trying to pump that. He knew. Yeah. That's why I think he said that. Kind of like if you can get the 30,000 emails, he knew. Yeah. He oh, knew. Yeah. yeah. Now that's speculation. But right. But very educated speculation. Come on. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also, oh, late Thursday, Rosenstein put out a media alert uh, that he would be making a major cybercrime announcement to the press Friday morning mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock EDT, mm. Eastern Daylight Time. We all thought for sure this would be the second round of Russian indictments. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, everybody on Twitter thought it was going to be. We were hoping. all speculating. Yeah. Turns out it, it was an announcement that nine Iranians were being indicted in the Southern District of New York for hacking into university systems and stealing research. Uh, the reason we all thought this would be about Russia is because if it weren't, it would probably stand to reason that Jeff Sessions would make the announcement. Mm. Um, they sent Rosenstein when it has to do when it has to do with Russia. They have Rosenstein do mm-hmm. it. It's a great point. Or if it has to do with Hillary's emails, because Sessions is also recused in those cases. Uh, I'm still not convinced it's uh, somehow tied to the Russian investigation. Um, you're, not, you're not convinced that it's not 
I'm not convinced that it's not. Got it, yeah. Uh, It could also have been a move orchestrated by the Department of Justice to make it harder to fire Rosenstein. Um, With these indictments of Iranians, Trump is anti-Iranian. The new secretary Mm -hmm. uh, or uh, uh, national security advisor, John Bolton, is hates Iran. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if he does this thing against Iran and then Trump fires him, he'll be like, you had to have fired me because of the Mueller investigation. Exactly. Not because I'm not doing a good job. That's a really good point. Mm. Wow. So... Anyway, it would just look extra suspicious mm-hmm. if they fired him now. But I don't know what the tie could be. It could be Mueller found this while he was looking yeah, at be- other things. Because we don't normally, like, I mean, it, it just seems like the kind of news that, I don't know, we don't get, this is all after the DNC hack that we're having these, like, crazy intrusion so the connection just may be the fact that it's picking up the pace of, of foreign hacks. And, yeah, or and he yeah. was looking into something and he intercepted communications with iran mm-hmm. between maybe some maybe guccifer worked for them or something. like who knows yeah i guess hopefully we'll find out yeah hmm. we might we may never find out we may never know so sad we'll just have to write it in the movie the way we want it to Fan fiction, yeah <laughs> a report out thursday evening showed that the republicans in the house intel committee missed 81 things in their investigation uh we went over that last week in our minnesota about the minority report so mm-hmm. we could have told you that yeah um they missed it's a uh, lot though. over 30 interviews um, document dumps from at least 15 entities um, and several lines of questioning that never got answered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be going over all that in the majority report, what they did come up with. Right. Which is so stupid. They missed all the crimes somehow. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. They just <laughs> skirted all of it. That's that's amazing. Yeah. To to to, sh- to fire a million shots and miss oh, every major organ. Happen? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Nordberg. <laughs> uh, Friday, we learned that the Republicans in the House Intelligence Committee refused to hold a hearing with Mark Zuckerberg, the embattled CEO of Facebook, in the wake of the Cambridge Analytica leaks, uh, showing that the Trump campaign effectively stole the data of 50 million users. Mm-hmm. All of this on the tail of the HIC, Repu- the House Intelligence Committee Republicans, voting to close the investigation, shutter the investigation into the Russian el- election interference. Yeah, how corrupt does that look? Yeah, to really. just say, hey, there's nothing to see here. And, yeah. and they're coming up with crimes left and right, right behind yeah. you, like 13 indictments of Russian spy. I mean, like, how do you just go, nah, nothing to see here. I Let's close this down. That's what they did. They yeah. shut it all down. Right. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it's it's the whole idea of fake news, like, which is crazy to think that it's so effective. But if you tap into, like, the distrust that people have for the government, you can convince them that anything is possible. And, like, that's what's happening. They're well, like, that's what the Russians do. That's yeah. their MO. So mm-hmm. all of this, all yeah. of this, Cam, Cam Anna, they won't, uh, Cam Anna is what I call Cambridge Analytica. Okay. So if you hear me say Cam Anna, that's what I'm talking it's about. It's like the J-Lo of uh, mm-hmm. scandals. Yeah, it's the El Camino. <laughs> of, it's the it's the buttless car of, <laughs> uh, of data companies. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so all this stuff, and they should just shut down the investigation, just like you said. Yeah. All right, move on. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. So also on Friday, the Cambridge Analytica blueprint for Trump victory was leaked. Hmm. It was a 27-page hmm. like presentation that yeah. they gave to Trump. Here's your path to victory. Wow. Using, Why would they leak that? Uh, they, didn't, uh, they didn't leak it. An oh. ex, well, an ex- um, employee leak. Got it, got it. So I'll go over that more in detail a little later on in the show. Uh, we learned the Trump campaign encouraged Papadopoulos to reach out to the Russians. He was encouraged. Mm-hmm. We've, he, we've all known this, really, but there wasn't any proof. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone's been able to say he was acting alone. He's right. just doing it on his own. Yeah. But now, Two years. Yeah, we're just now getting some evidence. Right. Yeah. yeah, now we have emails that were leaked that prove it. 
Uh, on Friday, the National Security Council recommended expelling Russian diplomats. Mm-hmm. Um, this was McMaster's last act mm-hmm. as national security sure. advisor. Tried. <laughs> this is his last double-barrel middle fingers to Trump. Um, putting out a public recommendation yeah. to expel Russian diplomats. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to Trump to, to either take the recommendation or ignore it. And you yeah. know he'll ignore it. Yeah, what do you guys think? And so <laughs> yeah, let's take a poll. <laughs> he ex- so he definitely right away expelled McMaster. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's who got expelled. Right. Uh, late Friday night, Cambridge Analytica was raided uh, in the UK. Mm. Um, when reached for comment, Paul Manafort said, yeah, that shit sucks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> those 5 a.m. no-knock raids suck yeah, ass. those are not the best. <laughs> we also found out that John Kelly was about to fire... Secretaries Shulkin of the VA and Carson of HUD, the Housing and yeah, Urban yeah. Development. Mm. But Trump interrupted all that by firing McMaster. Whoa. He did that. He fired McMaster 90 minutes before the, the Karen McDougal interview aired. Mm. That Playboy bunny yeah, who right. told her story. Mm-hmm. So now the Stormy Daniels interview is this weekend. It's going to happen before this show comes out. And what is that going to be on? Kimmel or what is it? 60 minutes. 60 minutes. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's going to get real. Why did I think it was Kimmel? Yeah, there'll be no okay. like crude <laughs> jokes, just real journalism. Yeah. yeah. And so what do you guys think he's going to try to do to distract us Sunday? If he fired McMaster oh, to distract us from McDougal, that's... There's so few people left to even fire. It could fire. be Mnuchin. He's been talking about going. Oh, yeah. That guy uh, sucks. He could fire uh, the secretaries that Kelly wanted to fire, uh, uh, Carson and, and Shulkin. Okay. But that might not be big enough news. Exactly. Rosenstein? Right? Um, he could. Ooh. Maddow has her money on uh, Trump pardoning Flynn. Whoa. <laughs> she she thinks he'll pardon Flynn on Sunday. I think he'll fire John Kelly. I took a poll on Twitter. 62% thought Kelly would be the next to be fired. And mm-hmm. 24% said Mattis. Yeah, it's very likely Kelly's mm-hmm. the guy. But Rosenstein is coming up. Yeah, it's only a matter of mm-hmm. time. So, so you think that would be the dis- the news to distract from a Stormy Daniels interview? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. And what do you think the Stormy Daniels interview will say? It's just to confirm, basically, that she had this affair? Yes, yeah, they... she has evidence, she claims. So hopefully mm-hmm. she'll talk more about what that evidence That she was entails. paid off 130000 No, I, I hear she's got a blue dress evidence type yeah. of situation. Get out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She has actual physical evidence? That's what she's hinting. She took a picture of a DVD and said, uh, if a picture is worth a thousand words, how much is this worth? If there was one sex tape in the universe I did not want to get out, it would be any of them with Trump (laughs) involved. True. But if it takes him down, uh, you know what? So be it. For the greater good, we'll watch him... Oh God! <laughs> it's interesting that these all of these are coming out at once, right? There's the Stormy Daniels, then there's the Karen McDougal. Well, I think the, Stormy Daniels um, defying her NDA gave mm-hmm. the others like a yeah, yeah. There's absolutely. another for a hundred fifty thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. one was that? The, the different girl, Playboy girl. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. that, yep, that was, was her. That was because there's Karen three McDougal. different women right, right. now. Right. I and always forget a, the third, third one, one, so it could. I guess yeah. it could go either way. Well, her there. story might be focused on next week. Oh, I can't wait. Because if Bill Clinton was, like, so tarnished for one, I mean, Trump is already, like, he's the new Watergate. He's the new Clinton. Yeah. Yeah, he's setting records. Mm -hmm. Good for him. Yeah, well, well, he's really trying to out Nixon uh, Nixon here. I think for him, a legacy just in general is better than, like, nothing at all. So he'll go down for infamy. That's something. Oh, Mm. he's already going to do that. Yeah. Well, then, to avoid a government shutdown on Friday, Congress passed an omnibus spending bill on Friday night. 
Uh, they had to do this by 1159 uh, to prevent a government shutdown. And now the government's funded through September. Mm. Now, there's a lot of defense spending, military spending in this. Yeah. But the best part of this bill, other than the fact that it lifts that, that rule that, uh, that bans the CDC from studying gun violence, mm-hmm. they're allowed to do that now. Um, and that's huge. Yeah. Somebody, and we don't know who, but someone snuck Russian sanctions into the bill. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. A 12 or 15 page, uh, pretty comprehensive amount of Russian Trump's sanctions. Trump's pissed, right? Well, I don't know if he knows. I'm sure he knows now because the yeah. story's out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he knew it when he signed it. I, I, that's, what, oh. that's, that's what my speculation would be. He didn't read the whole thing. Yeah. Nobody read the whole thing. Yeah. And so somebody came in, wrote that in, put it in there. Um, there was some agreement amongst the people who knew about it and read it. And they said, yeah, let's see. And, yeah. And they did it. That is so badass. I know it's like common practice in politics to try to sneak something in, but I also think it's cool that they got away with this. If McCain weren't in the hospital, I would think it was him. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe from the hospital. It could be Burr. Um, Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. It's It's part of the movie. Uh, Bolton replaced McMaster as national security advisor. uh, And shortly after that, NPR... Uh, reported that Bolton was an early beneficiary of Cambridge Analytica. In that same report, NPR published an old video of Bolton in a Right to Bear Arms promo. If you remember uh, last week, Right to Bear Arms is an organization headed by Torshin, Mm -hmm. uh, the the Russian NRA connection, and Butina. That's the Mm. woman who asked Trump if what he would do about sanctions Mm. at Freedom Fest. (laughs) Um, And we added all three of them to our fantasy indictment league last week. So Trump is appointing a national security advisor closely linked to two ongoing FBI counterintelligence uh, investigations. (laughs) Right. So that's good. So, you know, Flynn all over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez. All right, you guys. That's the week's news. So, uh, yeah. And you said there wasn't a lot of news. That was a... Plenty of news. Yeah, it usually is. It seems like when there's not, it's still oh, a, a ton. So. Exactly. So much. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Mueller, she wrote, would like to thank Podbean for featuring our podcast during the life of the Mueller investigation and recognizing us as contributors to an important topic. Try the Podbean app today, and you can also become a patron through Podbean and support us for as little as $1. Patrons get access to our exclusive member newsletter, show notes, and all of our ad-free and bonus episodes. We also send you great gifts like stickers, t-shirts, tote bags, and our forthcoming sexy justice calendar. So thank you again to Podbean for the love, and thanks to our patrons for helping us make the podcast. We couldn't do it without you. Okay, thanks again for listening, guys. We seriously could not do this without you. So now it's time for Hot Notes. Hot Notes. Yeah. Hot um, notes. <laughs> this week, Jesse has some great info on documents released regarding Broidy and Nader. Uh, Jesse, what did you find out for us? Yeah, so this article was uh, New York Times. This is my assignment, and it was uh, titled "How to Golf: How Two Gulf Monarchies Sought to Influence the White House" uh, by David Kirkpatrick and Mark Mazzetti. I had to read it several times <laughs> to get this straight, but it's mostly about two important figures. Uh, one is George Nader. George Nader is a political advisor to the de facto ruler of the United Arab Emirates, uh, who AG had mentioned earlier is uh, a crown prince. Yep, that's Mbiza. Mbiza. In the Hizza. So George Nader happens to now be a cooperating witness in the special counsel investigation. Um, and that's what brings us into this uh, topic here. So Nader worked for over a year to influence the White House um, via a top 
a Trump fundraiser named Elliot Broidy. Mm-hmm. Now, I had to do a little research to figure out exactly who Elliot Broidy is. He's the deputy finance chairman of the Republican National Committee. And he was tempted with the prospect of over a billion dollars in contracts for his private security company, which is called uh, Circinus. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. <laughs> Circus, Circinus is... Circumcision. Uh, Circumcision is Broidy's uh, security company. And uh, it's a private company that he was getting a lot of money for through mm-hmm. Nader. So Nader helped deliver deals worth over $200 million with um, the United Arab Emirates. And he also um, flattered Broidy about how well this man uh, dealt with Trump. Oh. Meaning, I guess he felt like uh, he was able to manipulate the White House and Trump um, through this guy, Broidy. Right. Uh, so Nader was also an intermediary for Saudi Arabia's crown prince, uh, Mohammed bin Salman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Im-Sizza. Im-Sizza. who you had, I think, just mentioned, just met with Trump on Tuesday. Yep. So Nader was pushing the White House to remove Secretary of State Rex Tillerson um, because Nader has this thing he's trying to get tougher on Iran and... Qatar. Am I saying that right? Qatar? Mm-hmm. Yes. Qatar. Welcome back, Qatar. Um, and <laughs> of course, Tillerson back. was uh, fired last week. And then immediately, according to this article, the president adopted uh, tough uh, approaches to both Iran and welcome back, Qatar. Right. <laughs> so it's a pretty complicated deal. But basically, um, just recently, you know, Nader was granted immunity in this deal with for his cooperation with uh, Mueller. So Mueller has gotten him to to say a bunch of stuff. And in, in fact, even called him back for additional testimony just Ooh. recently. Yeah, they gave um, him full immunity. Now that yeah. was, that's new this week. He didn't have full immunity before. He was just cooperating. Yeah. yeah. So he must have a lot of extra Juicy dirt. detail. Um, yeah. They wanted to question about a possible his possible role in funneling uh, Emirati money to Trump's political efforts mm-hmm. and doing it in this sort of indirect way of giving it to this Broidy fellow. Right. Um, they're examining the role of foreign money in the Trump administration period. But uh, so the the start of this whole article is that all these documents were released, emails and contracts and all this stuff in between these two men uh, was provided to the New York Times by an anonymous group that's critical of Mr. Broidy's advocacy of American foreign policies in the Middle East. Hmm. So, um, a Broidy, I did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah Bro- we don't know who did it, but a, Bro- a spokesman for Broidy says he believes the documents were stolen by hackers in Welcome Back, Qatar. I hope it was the same guy who snuck the thing into the bill. Uh, who right. Su- oh, who I snuck the section into the bill. Snuck that, yeah, really. Uh, Qatar, by the way... Because they might have that information in the House Intelligence Committee. Yeah. Like, yeah. Adam Schiff might have that classified information. Adam Schiff might have been the one who snuck that Russian sanctions into the bill. That would be crazy. Although I think it was a senator, probably. But I don't know. That we'll find out. Hopefully. Fun, hopefully. It's fun to speculate. Yes. Yeah. And, and you really don't know how deep this stuff goes. I mean, th- once they start investigating it, you see that there's... A so much money involved. And uh, this guy, Mr. Broidy, was a longtime Republican donor, vice chairman of the inaugural fundraising committee, and definitely has some influence over Trump's policy. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how this guy Nader, uh, who's a U.S. citizen, was born in Lebanon, but um, was informal emissary to Syria under 
uh, Bill Clinton. Wow. Yeah, he was a go-between um, for the Clintons. And then, side note, piece of information, it's kind of interesting, would later work for Vice President Dick Cheney. Oh. So, what a sweet fellow Got to be Cheney a good was. guy. I right? wonder if he was his rifle, riflery oh, instructor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Teaches how to shoot your friends in the face. Oh, gun control. <laughs> Such a hot issue right now, too. But all these documents came out, and it basically shows how Broidy and Nader corresponded about persuading the U.S. government to take action against the Muslim Brotherhood and uh, Qatar specifically. So uh, the Saudis and the Emiratis, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but they all have a very warm relationship with the Trump administration. And, um, you know, when they follow this trail, they see that Nader paid Broidy $2.7 million for, quote, consulting, marketing, and other advisory services. Yeah. Um, Probably, I'm speculating, that you couldn't donate directly to the campaign because of policies prohibiting donations from foreign governments and governments that are not uh, democracies. Correct. So the payment was made um, by the Emiratis, uh, based, this based company that Nader controls, was then paid to an obscure firm in Canada controlled by Broidy. Yeah. So, so intricate. Very mm-hmm. sort of circumventing roundabout roundabout way of paying. But the documents show that lawyers for uh, Broidy uh, discussed an agreement to share profits with Nader from businesses that he uh, that he and his company would set up in uh, Saudi Arabia and the Emiratis. Now, I also want everybody to remember the Marshall Plan. Mm-hmm. This is the plan uh, that Flynn and Copson were texting about on the dais of the inauguration when Trump was being sworn in. This yeah. is the McFarland Mayflower. Uh, plan for for a long time is to to give Saudi Arabia uh-huh. uh, nuclear um, power uh, capabilities and to build reactors in the Middle East, particularly in Saudi Arabia, using Russian oil um, and and partnering with the Russians to do so, which would require a lifting of Russian sanctions. Um, and then we would be able to build bases to guard those uh, reactors, and we would be wow. able to um, pretty much put our flag in the Middle East and take all their oil. So you got to remember the Marshall Plan behind this when you hear it, when you think about all this stuff with with the UAE, the Seychelles, Eric Prince, Nader, all this money being funneled in for policy changes to to switch your policy against Qatar, which we used to be very pro-Qatar, and to shift, uh, to help lift Russian sanctions. All of that could point to this Marshall Plan. Interesting. Yeah, I was curious about some of the links from this to to other stuff. Um, just to wrap up, basically, Nader pressed uh, Broidy over and over to set up a, a private meeting outside of the White House <laughs> between Trump and the leaders of the U- UAE, uh, Prince Mohammed bin Zayed, mm-hmm. uh, who he referred to in this correspondence just as friend. So over and over, he says, you know, friend. I really want you to meet with friend. Um, but they, you know, let's do it outside of the White House and sort of this private, they wanted to set up a private meeting. This next piece of info, I'm not 100% clear on, but it seems that one of the last things he did, uh, General McMaster, was to try to block this meeting, um, sort of this private meeting. It says Trump's national security advisor tried to block the request to, That's to awesome. meet. So, the guy who got fired? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just yeah. So I don't know exactly all the details of that, but um, Broidy personally urged Trump to fire Tillerson also, mm-hmm. which he did do. Um, lastly here, basically, uh, this is just a side note, but I think it's kind of interesting to mention about Nader. He was complaining that Secret Service stopped him from taking a photograph with Trump, sort of semi-recently. And uh, Broidy was like, I don't know why they would stop you. 
And then you look a little deeper. Well, Nader uh, background in 1991, he pleaded guilty to federal child pornography charges and Whoa. served six months in a halfway house. And then in 2003, received a one-year sentence in the Czech Republic after being convicted in 10 cases of sexually abusing minors. Oh, he did. Uh, yeah. See, the last we had heard, he was he was charged in 1985, but all those yeah. um, all those uh, charges were thrown out because the the mountains of kitty porn they found were not obtained with the proper warrant. There was a warrant problem. Okay. That's right. That's the guy. So even though they had a room full of kitty porn, they yeah. couldn't use it as it wasn't as admissible as evidence because there was like a, some sort of a technical error in the warrant. Well, so I, I think the second time he flew in from Germany or something and they found, you know, porn videos in his luggage or something. No way. Um, but anyway, that's just a little background on Nader and maybe why they didn't want him taking a picture <laughs> with the president. Yeah, you know? fun fact. Um, but uh, Nader... That, and I'm sure Trump's going to try to distance himself from from him for other reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah of uh, course. Besides the kitty porn. <laughs> on top of the kitty porn. Because <laughs> Trump's into kitty porn. That's not the problem. It's, <laughs> oh, good point, good point. It's the fact that, you know, he he's helped him get hundreds of millions of dollars from United Arab Emirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which helped influence um, White House policy on Cutter, and probably was part of the Marshall Plan to get. Uh, and and if you remember, just recently, Rick Perry canceled a trip to India, our energy secretary, to go to Saudi Arabia to talk about nuclear reactors. Yeah, yeah. And giving them nuclear, just giving Saudi Arabia uh, nuclear. Now, a lot of news, a, new, a lot of news organizations got this wrong. They think we're trying to give nuclear weapons to Saudi Arabia, and that's not what they're doing. They're trying to give nuclear power, nuclear reactors, okay. um, giving them that uh, technology yeah. so that we can build them, make a lot of money with Russia, and then populate military bases over there and kind of take Get a foothold yeah. in that area. Yeah. They, they, in fact, Copson, who's a, who's a business partner of Flynn, said uh, he used the word recolonize the Middle East. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's it's a very complicated and, and interesting stuff, but it you know it seems like Nader and Broidy were really in bed together trying to influence the White House. And the last couple of things that happened was Nader emailing Broidy to ask Trump to call the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and then it called and and then again he tried to get him to to meet privately. And uh, they were considering a trip to Saudi Arabia to sell the prince on a $650 million contract with Broidy's security company. Uh, but before they could go, Nader was greeted by the FBI. <laughs> he was nabbed at the airport at on his, airport on his and, way to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, and, and Mueller got him. So he nice. flipped him and he's got him, you know, cooperating. And he's given him immunity. He's given this yeah. this dirt bag immunity, which means he's got something so valuable. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it all has to boil down to this White House influence, political influence, Marshall Plan, lifting of sanctions. Yeah. The whole thing kind of comes together at that point. Reminded yeah. me of an episode of Twenty Four, where this guy's like keeping some woman as a slave, and they have to pardon him to try to get the yes the, you know and it's the same kind of find thing. out where the yeah. bomb is or whatever they got this child porn guy but they're gonna like you know give him immunity so that they can get bigger fish big daddy child yeah. porn, whatever to me know. child porn is a big fish and i'm guessing to you too of course but yeah. to them it's like oh that's small game you know they're we've all been there the big well no it's a it's a it's a point of leverage it's not whether it's a, a small thing or a big thing to them it's a point of leverage yeah, yeah. uh 
that's how they see it. Sure. It's like when you, uh, we've talked about this in SVU when they shake down a prosy, mm. when they shake down a prostitute to get information on where a murderer was. Yeah. Prostitution, um, in some people's minds, not mine, is a big crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you use that to roll them on a murderer. Right. right. So it's, yeah, it's kind of the Just step like what up he's thing. done with all of these people, with, uh-huh. with all the cooperating people they have him for other crimes. Mm-hmm. Still, I, still trying to hold out to get Manafort, though. He still hasn't been able to get him to flip them. Yeah, nope, not yet. And I don't know that they will. Yeah. Uh, I really yeah, don't. Yeah, he's a tough cookie. Well, not just that. He doesn't want to get poisoned, and he doesn't want his family to die. Yeah. So he's going to face his three hundred and five years. And yeah, yeah, he'll he'll die in prison yeah. uh, rather than have to go through that. And yeah. he might he must be thinking, I had a good run. Yeah, I guess so. I had one point six million dollars in Armani suits. Yeah. Oh my god. Drove an Escalade. I had a good run. Pretty crazy. Um, yeah. But anyway, they, yeah. That's so. That's my report on that, and uh, hopefully that wasn't too convoluted. But no, it was great. You know. Thanks I for that. Enjoyed that. Yes. Uh, now. A crazy thing happened on the way to hacking the DNC. Uh, Julissa has a report about Guccifer 2.0 yes. that closes the loop between Russian hackers and the Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. And and Stone and Credico uh, or Credico Credico Credico. Okay. Stone and that guy, I think, are the fulcrums. Uh, Julissa, why don't you take it away? Yes. So, <clears throat> little context here. For those of you that don't know, Guccifer 2.0 is the guy that hacked the DNC in 2016 and leaked the Hillary-related documents to WikiLeaks. So, he's not to be confused with the original Guccifer, who became well-known in 2013 for launching hacking campaigns against celebrities and politicians. That's the original Guccifer, the OG. Mm-hmm. This guy we're talking about, he's the Guccifer 2.0. So, yeah, and he named himself that in, in an, an homage. homage. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. There's the connection. So um, the thing is, Mueller recently took over the FBI's investigation of Guccifer 2.0 after they discovered that he is, in fact, a Russian intelligence officer. So specifically, he's a Russian GRU officer. And from the very beginning, Guccifer 2.0, he's always denied that he was a Russian. Like, he denied that there was any collusion between him and Russia. And he stated very clearly on his website that he was, quote, Acting in accordance with his personal political views and beliefs, so yeah, he was the trying to he was trying to be the four hundred pound loan guy exactly. that, mm-hmm. that Trump just happened to mention. They really <laughs> wanted us to think that Guccifer two point was just a convenient Romanian. They call him hacktivist. I think that's cute. Uh, that's yeah, it'd be a funny special title. So here's the real kicker: the FBI learned of Guccifer two connection to the GRU after he somehow failed to use a private online server, leaving behind a trail of IP logs that the FBI traced back to the GRU headquarters in Moscow. <laughs> so, you know, oops, wow. <laughs> basically. Yeah, this is this is so crazy. The whole Guccifer 2.0 situation is just moving Mueller closer and closer to that Trump guy's, himself. He's totally going to get dead yeah, for that mistake. Yeah, he's going to get so screwed. Because wow. here's the thing. He could have really slipped up or something tells me that it's kind of like them to, to want us to think they slipped up and really just contributing to the chaos of, oh, Trump did collude. Like, they're just feeding us the evidence we need to get pissed off at our own government. That's just conjecture. It's like the, hmm. you know, we're case scenarios that were just all being trolled. Mm. But um, because, as we've covered before, Roger Stone, one of Trump's longtime political advisors, not only admitted to being in contact with Guccifer 2.0 on Twitter, he also published an article in 2016 in Breitbart calling on the media to stop blaming Russia for the hacks. So he even wrote in the article that Guccifer 2.0 is the real deal. Oh, and I do need to Mm. apologize to our listeners for, for tempting you to Google 
uh, Roger Stone's, Stone's tattoo. Nixon tattoo. <laughs> yeah. I'm really sorry about that. Some were very unhappy about that. Okay. That's my fault. Yeah, I, I, t- I feel like I tweeted that, but Mm-mm. it's a tough one to look at. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> and and after releasing what uh, Stone claims to be a complete transcript of his communications with Guccifer 2.0. Incomplete. He, exactly, yeah. He went on to say, <laughs> I myself had no contacts or communications with the Russian state, Russian intelligence, or anyone fronting for them or acting as inter- intermediaries for them. So, Well, he probably said that thinking that WikiLeaks is not a Russian state. Exactly. It's not part of the Russian state right. when, when they have been called that by Pompeo. Well, now we know, yeah. Mm. Assange. Who's, who's not exactly a left winger. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. With all that being said, some people still actually believe that while Guccifer 2.0's account may be fake, it was probably just created by the DNC and not Russia. So they're basically saying that the DNC was posing as a Russian, posing as a Romanian hacker. <laughs> That's really interesting because I know that when the FBI told, uh, when they finally got to telling the top at the DNC about that that they were hacked, I remember that, uh, I can't remember if it was Mark Elias or Mook, maybe they they both had this discussion. They said, what if we plant really salacious, effed up shit about Hillary in our emails and then they hack them and then release it and then they went no that's a really bad idea they'll <laughs> they'll believe whatever it is and we'll sound insane mm-hmm. we'll be like no we planted that there uh-huh sure you did crazy. <laughs> yeah but now they're accusing them of planning that there wow. <laughs> yeah. it's, this is where the movie would probably get really crazy like i'm just reading this and it's like a, a turducken of treason as man the beat would be. <laughs> it is yeah, it's it's funny. it's russian nesting dolls it's that's insane. great so what does this mean for Mueller and his team uh, perhaps just like the 13 Russians who were indicted uh, last month for working on the troll farm, maybe Guccifer 2.0 is next to be indicted. I, I think that's, for me, that was what I kind of took away from it. But um, also, the Daily Beast reported that Mueller has now brought on um, to his team the FBI investigator who tracked down Guccifer 2.0. So that's just why I think they um, they might be targeting him for sure next. The guy who tracked down Guccifer 1. I thought it was the OG Guccifer. That they got? Well, that guy's already mm. in jail. That's so, yeah. I thought they, that he brought on the FBI guy who. Oh, got, is that who it was? Okay, there we go. So who yeah, got for Guccifer. clarification? Yeah, that it was the uh, the original OG's investigator who was brought on. I didn't know that. Yeah, Thank the original Guccifer. Got it. Hmm. Yeah, the original OG. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that is so insane. Can we start calling Trump Nixon po- two point oh? Or is he's it? not smart he's, enough. He's not smart enough. That's <laughs> exactly true. He's uh, Nixon was a, a, a genius. I wonder if Trump knew. Um, this About whole, Guccifer? Well, this whole time that, that Guccifer was a Russian guy, and but was saying that it was a lone actor. Uh-huh. It sounds like he And did. Guccifer was saying he was a lone actor, and I wonder if Mueller can prove that. Because why mm. wouldn't he say he was framed sooner? Trump was so quick to say, no, it's not them, for sure. And yeah. now he's like, oh, I might have been framed? <laughs> yeah, know? I don't know, you guys. I don't know. All right, well... Thanks a lot for that report, Jaleesa. That yeah. Thanks for your hot notes. Nice. Ready for some hot notes, baby. <laughs> all right. I'm going to try. Don't. I'm sorry for singing. Uh, I'm going to try to consolidate all the news we got this week about Cambridge Analytica. Mm-hmm. Please let me call him Cam Anna from, from now on. Cam Anna. <laughs> Cam Anna. Cam Anna. Now we're not going to do Toto. Sorry. <laughs> I need to stop singing. I love it. Uh, now, here at Muller, she wrote... Uh, we've been tracking uh, on Cambridge Analytica since episode nine. So go back and have a listen to that episode. And again, forgive the sound quality. We've Thanks to our patrons, we've gotten much better. Yes. Um, we've upgraded our equipment and stuff. But that was before we had uh, all this, you know, awesome stuff to, to help us to get better. But check out episode nine. Um, 
it's the content that matters. Uh, we start with a New York Times piece uh, that came out over the weekend while we were recording last weekend, out on March 17th, about Cam Anna and its ties to a Russian oil giant called Luke Oil. Luke Oil was interested in how data could be used to target American voters. But in an interview with British Parliament, CEO of Cam Anna, um, the, the parent company mm-hmm. in, in the UK, his name is Alexander Nix, said he never worked with any Russian companies. Um, but in two documents obtained by the New York Times, Nix said that he had done business with Russia. Uh, a Cam Anna co-founder named Christopher Wiley uh, confirmed that the Russian oil company had met with Nix to understand how to influence American voters. And it's important to note that Luke Oil is sanctioned by the U.S. Treasury. Okay. Um, Wiley is the redhead kid that's out on all the interviews, and you see him on all the all the photos of the of the articles that are coming out about this. He's the former co-founder. Okay. Of Cam Anna, he's defected and he's telling his whole story. Nice. That's where a lot of this is coming from. Very nice. And Channel 4 in the UK. Uh, we learned last week that 50 million Facebook users' data uh, was stolen. Um, Alexander Kogan, that's a Cambridge University professor, orchestrated the data heist by saying it was going to be used for academic purposes. Um, as it turns out, Kogan had unreported ties to St. Petersburg State University, and he had been getting grants from them to research how to weaponize social media. Wow. So we then learned that Cam Anna has ties to Eric Prince. In 2017, Alexander Nix started a company with two other men called Emmerdata. Emmerdata shared its address with a shell company that was in the Panama Papers, by the way. Mm -hmm. But just a few days ago, Emmerdata updated its information by adding a director named Chun Shun Ko. Uh, and changed the address to 16 Harcourt Road in Hong Kong. That's the same address as Eric Prince's company called Frontier Services, and Chun Shun Ko uh, was the co-founder of Frontier Services with Eric Prince. Mm. Uh, as we know, who Eric Prince is the guy who met in the Seychelles. He was the Trump surrogate that met with the Putin surrogate mm-hmm. and the UAE to talk about uh, relief, sanctions relief. Okay. Right. Um, so now we have the UAE and Biza. Uh, a Russian oil company, uh, and Cambridge Analytica all tied together. Then, as if it couldn't get any weirder, (laughs) the Mercers were added, the people with the most giant foreheads in the world. (laughs) Um, They were added as directors of Emmerdata this week. Um, So Because of their giant heads? Yes. Oh, yes. No, the Mercers run Breitbart. Uh, they gave big lead to the Trump campaign. (laughs) So (laughs) Big lead. uh, That's the Mercers. Then Monday... um, Undercover tapes of Alexander Nix detailing a variety of underhanded methods they could use to influence elections surfaced. Uh, Channel 4 did this um, uh, kind of... Yeah, this is the British fellow talking, right? Yeah. This is the British mm-hmm. CEO. Uh, well, well, yes, but Channel 4, the British television company, mm-hmm. did an undercover op yeah. to interview this guy, Alexander Nix, the British head of uh-huh. SCL, which is the parent company to Cambridge Analytica. Okay. So... Uh, And here are some of the things they said, quote, the two fundamental human drivers when it comes to taking information on board effectively are hopes and fears. And many of those are unspoken and even unconscious. You don't know uh, that was a fear until you saw something that just evoked that reaction from you. And another one was, quote, our job is to get it. Our job is to drop the bucket further down the well into the psyche than anyone else to understand why those are really deep seated underlying fears. Mm. 
and concerns. There is no good fighting an election campaign on the facts because it's actually all about emotion. Damn. Yeah, I did see that quote. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely, okay, there's truth to that, but also fuck him, like seriously. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, if you're going to start a business on how to win a campaign, you don't you don't start with facts, especially if you're running for uh, it's a, a major, yeah, yeah a Republican. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, fears. Uh, I mean, that seems like a good way to get people to pay attention to social media too. In general, mm-hmm. it's just uh, to stoke fears. Um, I've seen that more than hope, obviously, on Facebook. Yeah, fears of Mexicans, fears of brown people, yeah. fears of either of those people taking your job, fears of black people with guns, fears of homosexuals coming onto you, yeah. fear of being forced to watch gay orgies. Like I don't like I have all those fears, all these deep sea. <laughs> You have all those hopes and dreams, Julissa. <laughs> no, you have all these, you know, that's what um, folks, like especially religious folks, which they target um, yeah. people, uh, they targeted UFC fans, they oh, targeted yeah. uh, NRA people. That's where those fears are. And uh-huh. so they, they poke at those. Uh, then if that weren't enough, we found out Tuesday that Steve Bannon is connected to Cambridge Analytica. Oh, Chris Wiley, the redheaded kid, the former Cambridge employee that helped break these stories, said that Bannon was in charge of the efforts to collect Facebook data, and he tested the power of anti-establishment messages. Some of the messages that he tested were based on those fears and emotions, like uh, he tested the phrase deep state. Mm. That's why anyone who says deep state yeah. is... Yeah. They've really got you with that That's deep so state. so smart. Is, is a sucker. And anyone drain the swamp was another one. Uh-huh. They also tested pro-Putin messages saying, yeah. quote, Americans like the idea of a strong authoritarian leader and often defend Putin's invasion of Crimea. Wow. On Tuesday... Cambridge Analytica suspended Nick's because of the undercover reporting from Channel 4. Uh, Bannon helped launch Cambridge Analytica with financial backing from the Mercers. <laughs> mm. uh, and Bannon received $125,000 consultation fee. Oh, my God. Uh, and Kushner and Bannon helped manage the data firm. Wow. Friday, a blueprint for a Trump victory created by Cambridge Analytica was leaked. This is the 27-page presentation to, that they used to pitch to Trump. And it proposed using Twitter and Snapchat, Facebook, YouTube, and Google to influence vulnerable, gullible voters in key swing states. Yeah. Sorry, white guys in Wisconsin. That's probably you. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, it's it's any number of people. And yeah. and for me to generalize like that is is a mistake because what they did was micro-target. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would find these people based on these quizzes they would take on Facebook sure. and figure out what they were most, what most moved them emotionally mm-hmm. and most, they were most afraid of, found out what they were most afraid of. It's effective, yeah. And they would tailor their messages based on psychological profiles uh, using that stolen Facebook data. Very clever. I wonder how like detailed it was like when they had an individual do a quiz. I wonder if they targeted that specific person as opposed to like even a cluster of similar. Like they would target that person and their friends. That's insane! Mm-hmm. Wow. Because they figured that her, their friends are like-minded, like-minded uh, fears. Uh, they also would manipulate Google searches. So if you during the campaign searched for Trump Iraq War you would likely be uh, shuffled over to a site that where you would be told Hillary voted yes on the Iraq war and, wow. tr- and Trump voted against it. Mm. Did if, Trump vote? Trump voted? Well, no, but he <laughs> oh, was... Oh, but they would say something similar like mm. that. <laughs> well, he was... He came out against it. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, he, he voiced a vote of... Yeah, I got it. Yeah, like his... his he showed... He didn't show support mm-hmm. for it. She actually voted for it. Exactly, yeah, uh, yeah. And you would find that if you Googled during yeah. the election. If you lived in a swing state, you'd be shown photos of people from Duck Dynasty and the UFC and oh, Ivanka yeah. Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would... Drop stories like, quote, the 10 inconvenient truths about Clinton. 
unquote, and they would put that crooked Hillary meme where the, mm-hmm. the O's are handcuffed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Friday night, um, Friday night, a UK watchdog group got a warrant to search Cambridge Analytica in Britain. I told you about that. Mm-hmm. And then we found out John Bolton is tied to Cambridge Analytica, oh my God. along with several other Republican House members and senators, including Ted Cruz. Uh, in 2014, John Bolton, um, who is now our new national security advisor, replacing oh, yeah. McMaster, great, <laughs> who replaced Flynn, uh, Bolton paid $1.2 million to Cambridge Analytica, who was just a fledgling company at the time. Um, they were just starting to harvest all their Facebook data using that, using that Cambridge <laughs> mm. professor. Yeah. The New York Times obtained a copy of the contract between Bolton and Cambridge Analytica saying that Cambridge Analytica would deliver, quote, behavioral micro-targeting with psychographic messaging. Mm. So, feel so manipulated. Yeah. And then MSNBC got a hold of a memo from Rudy Giuliani's law firm to the Mercers and Bannon and Nix, telling them to make sure that when they do all this, to have no foreigners do any of the work, because that's a crime. What? So they got that memo at at MSNBC (laughs) on Ari Melber, I think, the beat. Wow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He has like a hip hop slash political show. He's, he's so, f- and he's the he's whitest cute. guy ever, too. He's so adorable. <laughs> he's like, next, I got my rap friends on. And then he'll have this horn sound like he's a morning radio. Exactly. <laughs> jockey, like, mock, mock, what's I love up? It. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, you're hilarious. Uh, Robert Mueller is now examining Trump's relationship with Cambridge Analytica. Mm-hmm. Investigators mm-hmm. are asking former Trump campaign aides and members of the of the RNC about Trump campaign's connections to Cam- Cambridge Analytica. Right. We have learned that tr- the Trump campaign paid the firm over $6 million in 2016. Um, Alexander Nix pitched to Lewandowski at first. And at that time, he was also he was already working with Ted Cruz and Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. But Lewandowski passed because he didn't think Trump would spend the money. Hmm. Then Manafort came on board. Lewandowski was fired. Bannon came on board. And Cambridge Analytica came on board all around the same time. Okay. And the, the, the Trump campaign made their first payment to Cambridge Analytica in July of 2016. And then they put Brad Parscale... And Kushner in charge of it. Brad Parscale has mm. been uh, has been hired to be Trump's 2020 campaign leader. Okay, he's I don't know if he's going to be able to do it from jail, but he's the <laughs> he's <laughs> the guy. His- well, let me ask you this, just to interrupt really quick: Is manipulating uh, things like this on social media is that illegal? Not yet, but it should be after this. I think, right? Is that? I don't know. Okay. For campaign purposes, I don't know. I yeah. think it's unprecedented, so there haven't been any laws regulating this kind of like um, invasion of privacy. But you, I know that it was. It's got to be illegal to pose as an academic to get data purpo- purportedly to be used in uh, academic research. Yeah, that can only be accessed through FOIA requests, and mm-hmm. then using it to do this yeah. for political purposes is, yeah. a, is a bit much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so other other clients, just so you get a picture of this, other clients of the Cambridge Analytica uh, company include Tom Cotton, Tom Tillis, uh, the NRA, the GOP of North Carolina, Art Robinson, and Scott Brown, all Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you ask me why the GOP in Congress is complicit in covering up this investigation, this is why. Mm-hmm. A lot of them used Cambridge Analytica. A lot of them used wondering the stolen what, data. Yeah, mm-hmm. what the connection was, because like I was like, well, the NRA was one part of it. They got funding from that. But I think this is the newest thing that's, that's definitely more connected. And there's proof of all of it, because when uh, Guccifer and Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear hacked 
the United States, they didn't just hack the, the, the DNC, they hacked the RNC. Mm. That's right. And I think that maybe somebody else up higher, somebody has all those emails mm. uh, from the RNC. None of them were ever leaked. I think they're being used to blackmail these guys yeah. into trying to cover up this mm. investigation. Because why else would they be so gung-ho? Yeah. Yeah, that is a very good question, is, is how... F- it's amazing how far the Republicans have gone to sort of be mm-hmm. complicit in, in a lot yeah, of Yeah, they're right or die stuff. right now, yeah. And why would they not? And they're not going to win the elections, and they know that. Exactly. Yeah. And they don't, they hate Trump, so it's not because they have loyalty to him. They're right. compromised. I, I thought once they got they're their tax bill passed that they, a lot they of would, them would jump ship. I thought so, yeah. too. And it's not that because yeah. they're still point. here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, all right, so let me see. So that's a lot on Cambridge mm-hmm. Analytica, but let me see if I can wrap it up uh, for you. All right, in a in a is as tiny a burrito as I can. <laughs> the Mercers and Bannons started Cambridge Analytica in 2014 under Nix's company called SCL in Britain. Mm-hmm. John Bolton hired Cambridge Analytica around then, but Cambridge Analytica didn't really have enough data on American voters. So the parent company Nix worked with Luke Oil and a Russian professor to steal data from 50 million Facebook users using these quizzes. Right. They began testing and researching anti-establishment messages to see if they could micro-target voters based on fear. Cambridge Analytica worked with Ted Cruz and Ben Carson and then pitched Trump. Lewandowski said no but was fired and Manafort was brought on with Bannon and then they brought on Cambridge Analytica and put Parscale and Kushner in charge of the digital campaign. Then Trump's campaign paid Cambridge Analytica $6 million. And after the election, one of Eric Prince's buddies set up a firm with the head of Cambridge Analytica at a shell company address that showed up in the Panama Papers. Mm -hmm. The Mercers were addressed as directors as well. And now Mueller is looking into the whole thing. Yeah. And I bet a lot more news is going to come out on Cambridge Analytica as well as some indictments. So. I can't wait. I really mm. want to see how Facebook is going to receive any, if at all, consequences to this situation. Because Mark Zuckerberg, I, I think, Jesse, you mentioned he might have apologized. I didn't hear that, but it's possible, right? Did yeah, he? I thought he had some kind of news conference or he apologized. I heard he went it. silent. So maybe he said something since then. But I'm over the weekend, I mean, like. Or over the, the past week, it seems like he hasn't said much at all, right? A lot of people are blaming Facebook, but it really is a loophole in one of these apps that they have. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean... It's it, not right. Not on Mark alone or even like, I don't the know. Most, it's, yeah. It's over my pay grade for, yeah. for me to know that. Yeah, and yeah. We will find out. We, we could have found out if the House Intelligence Committee <laughs> would interview him, but, right. they, but they've but they decided not to. It's not, no, it's not Nothing a big to deal. See here. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. I just think it's curious. I mean, I wonder if that's legal to pay $6 million to this social media. I don't think it should. Be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, the the Clinton campaign paid a bunch of money to Fusion GPS uh-huh. to look into mm-hmm. Trump to get Oppo That's research. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can pay data analytics companies. Yeah. Um, but there are things that you can't do. You can't have foreigners working on it. What we're supposed to be able to to expect is reasonable use of our data. Uh, when we right. sign up for Facebook, we know that they can sell our data, use our data, advertise to us. But what we what what's unclear is whether we have given explicit or implicit permission for you to use our data uh, against us psychologically to yes, win elections. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where the new law hopefully would come in. To manipulate people with stories that may not be true. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. another question. Yeah. It's really scary to me. All right, guys. Thanks so much. That's my hot note. We'll be right back. It costs a lot to make a podcast. In addition to the hours of research and scripting, we have editing, producing, equipment upgrades, hosting fees, web design, shipping, subscriber management fees, uh, my wine budget. It can really add up. So that's where you come in. Our patrons not only help us make this podcast, 
but help us continually improve the quality and content. You can support women in podcasting and Jesse and help make our show better. And in return, you get exclusive content, a newsletter, bonus episodes, and thank you gifts. Please consider donating. Even just $1 a month helps tremendously. Visit MullerSheWrote.com and click subscribe today. And thank you for listening. All right, you guys, we're back. It's time for the Fantasy Indictment League. All right, based on this week's news, I am going to add Alexander Nix to my Fantasy Indictment team, as well as the St. Petersburg professor that stole the Facebook data, Alexander Koger. Yes. Uh, and I don't have, I didn't have any Iranian hackers on my team this week, so I got zero points Aww. this week. But yeah, that's a good one. I wish. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say right now um, that they were Iranian, so Saudi Arabia. I'm gonna throw in yeah, a couple I, of them. I think I'm gonna throw in some Saudi Arabian. Now hackers. that we see the pattern, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, and maybe maybe some North Korean hackers, <gasps> hacktivists. Yeah. Hacktivists. There you go. Yeah. Why don't we just say any hacktivists that's not Russian? I love it. Mm, oh, okay. All right, so that's that, those are the really only the big modifications came last week when we had the the minority report. Um, we added pretty much everybody that was on there, yeah. okay. so that was super helpful. All right, you guys, it's time for sabotage. Woo. All right, this week's sabotage belongs to the nearly eight hundred thousand people uh, who marched on Washington this weekend. Yeah. The March for Our Lives brought hundreds of thousands of people to the National Mall and millions across the country together in the single best example of how small and insignificant the gun lobby is. They're throwing a wrench in our political machine, literally sabotaging the status quo. They are rattling the walls of Congress. They're using their voices to take back our schools, our neighborhoods, and our country from the NRA. I am so excited for these unlikely heroes to vote. Uh, and to run for office and lead us into the future. Um, they make me feel safer than any politician does Definitely, right now. Yeah. So they're sticking it to the man in ways I wish I always could. So <laughs> it, They're amazing. I, I, I mean, I just got out of high school. So <laughs> I, I think about how even though it's been like five years for myself, so much has changed. Like this is not normal for students to be so politically engaged, like high school students. It's very, very new and, and, and just hopeful it is it's refreshing because not only are these voters these are future voters Mm -hmm. uh and i think they're just going to take over they may be future hardened democrats yeah oh good i love that one that sounds dirty to me but (laughs) but my you know seriously my my hat's off to them they're making history um i've watched some of the speeches yeah. Um, from the National Mall and, and from uh, the March in L.A. We had one here in San Diego. It's just mm-hmm. it's all over the world. I cried watching it. I'm not even going to lie. As soon as I saw the little kids standing behind one of the singers like in their school uniforms, just these little tiny kids. And Dude, Emma Gonzalez's speech was breathtaking. Oh, I miss hers. I'll yeah. have to go back and watch. Yeah. I think that that is why they need more youth in government and, mm-hmm. and to be uh, engaged like this because you're getting people before they're compromised by money. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just pure, you know, like yeah. I just want to live. Yeah. College kids are perfect. Like, you know, high school and college mm-hmm. kids before they sort of 
get corrupted and become exactly. you there's know, that glimmer in their eyes still. yeah because yeah, at yeah. some point they get older they have to pay their bills and then the nra comes in and goes hey i got this truckload of money for exactly. you exactly mm-hmm. so and it just ruins them hopefully yeah you know we could get some stuff done before that happens right i love just saying marco rubio talk to these kids and like get owned because it's it shows that he's a capable man but he's made his choice you're totally yeah. right he's made yeah, his choice he's made his choice yeah well what you were saying jesse is hopefully we get we they get some stuff done before that happens to them yeah. hopefully with this generation they won't let it happen anymore exactly. i would like to think that but it seems like uh, people just get corrupted over time it's an uphill battle you're right but i think yeah like you're saying if we can get them young to just like see the bigger picture i think it'll help change this preserving the environment i feel like once they get to an age where you're just looking out for yourself and your future and their money Mm -hmm. then people just sort of have a disdain for the the planet and the environment and go well that's i'm not going to worry about that anymore because (laughs) or the debt or or anything it's yeah, yeah, so it's usually it's the to, youth they, they filed, that stands up against yeah. things like that. And then right. the older you get, the more conservative you might that's be. That's true. Exactly. That's true in life, too. I yeah. mean, that's true in jobs. That's true in how sure. you view love. That's true. We become jaded you and start cynical. start protecting your interests more. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's so sad, but then there's always Bernie, too. <laughs> then there's Bernie, the right. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. I don't know. Maybe, you know, there's people out there who, who you know, Ted Devine uh, was working in Russia with Manafort uh, on the pro-Putin Ukraine uh, Yanukovych um, campaign and, yeah. and then became Bernie Sanders campaign manager. Wow. So he, you can change. Wow. Teach an old dog new tricks. I like that. He's an old dog for sure, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> he's an old guy. He's one top of the one tenth of the one. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. The bird. I just yeah. can't. Oh, the my bird. God. Isn't that like yeah. oh, so religious looking? Just like. That was amazing. <laughs> he seems like this, it was Portlandia Messiah. looking. Yeah. Is what yeah. It was. yeah. I love it. So anyway, that's my sabotage is these kids. They're blowing my mind. That's a nice sabotage. I like that. I I hope they keep going with it. Yeah. All right, you guys, let's answer some listener questions and read some comments, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, at JC Dulos one and Christine Snyder want to know what it will take for the GOP to do something um, about Trump and if there's anything drastic enough for Mueller to indict Trump on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, somebody might have to shoot somebody in Fifth Avenue. Yeah, I don't know. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what... At this point, Mueller could put in a report to Congress that would flip Congress to impeach. Mm-hmm. I think we need to wait until we flip the Congress yeah. blue. We have to get rid of who's in Congress right now if we're going to impeach Trump. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's the bottom line for that. Uh, and then anything drastic enough for Mueller to indict on Trump? Any, any law he's broken, he can indict him on. Um, whether he feels it's he wants to go ahead with an indictment, um, obstruction of justice, I think, would be enough to indict him on if he had solid proof of obstruction of justice, mm-hmm. which I think he does. If he had solid proof of, uh, of conspiracy against the United States, um, money laundering, tax fraud, he can indict him on any of those things. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and we know he's got money laundering and tax fraud. And it, even if you don't want to believe he've la- he's laundered money, he has tax fraud. The evidence is just uh, there. Of, well, we haven't seen it. But we believe. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. I could, uh, <laughs> all right. At Mel... Uh, sorry, Mel McBee 23 and Ann Craig asked. Mel B. Uh, Mel McBee. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no. Not not the uh, not the co-host of the Miss Universe pageant yeah. in 2014. Uh, so Mel McBee 23 and Ann Craig ask if Mueller would absorb the Cam Anna, the Cambridge Analytica mm. um, investigation, or will a whole other investigation be created? Mm. Now, I think I think huh. Mueller. Is, yeah, he's already right. Yeah, the news is, is that he's already investigating this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Frank Dembowski uh, asked if there was a chance Manafort has flipped, but we don't know. Uh, 
like, is he talking, but, like, don't tell anyone I'm talking because Putin will kill my family. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Is that a possibility? But I don't think Possible, so. Possible, but not likely, right? Well, I don't think so because his trial is set for July uh, 10th. He's already pleaded not guilty, mm-hmm. right? Right, but he could p- plead not guilty publicly and privately be spilling his guts. Oh, you oh. could do that? You can do that. Yeah. Uh, but his trial dates are set for July and September um, in Virginia and D.C., respectively. If his trials get delayed, mm-hmm. then... Uh, and and they're delayed by the government side, not by the defense. Then there's a chance we could look into why is that? Mm. Right, right. But there's mm. no evidence of that so far. He's pushing it back himself right now, right? Well, he tried, but they oh. he failed. So it's it's July and Denied. September. Mm. Yeah, denied. Well, he got the ju- never mind. It's, no worries. <laughs> he he got one delayed a month, and the other one he tried to delay, but they pushed it up on him four months. <laughs> oh my god! They should put another ankle brace on him every time it's delayed. <laughs> Right, and he's I'm got still, two right now. I should have like three or four. By I'm the still end. waiting for that cartoon for somebody to draw me a Manafort with somebody like sixteen. Um, oh, I wish I remembered their name. Someone did a picture, an illustration. It was just two ankle bracelets, but we're no, good. I want like eighty ankle bracelets. Need more, yeah, and he needs that effort. Yeah, neck yeah. one from like what was it, The Running Man? With the yeah, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, where your head blows up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Saifala Medi asked, uh, "How much longer until he's impeached?" Ah, dude, That's I don't know. Tough. Good question. Um, I can't wait. It, I don't think it's. I don't think there's. I don't think there's anything that he that Mueller could say that he's done and prove that this Congress would impeach him for, uh, at least that the Senate wouldn't remove him for. Unless it uh, affected them. No, I don't think so. I don't even yeah. think done. Uh, really? I, th- I think they have too much dirt on him and they have to stick behind him no matter what. Um, even if he turned on them, they'd be like, you know what? He's a good guy. Let's just. <laughs> he, I don't think he would do that. He'd be impeached. I, the only yet. thing that I think he would be impeached for is firing Rosenstein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I can see that because they've already said it. Yeah. Um, what if they have, like you say, some of this physical evidence about sexual stuff? Like, oh, that's yeah. what they impeached Bill Clinton over. No, 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 yeah. no, no. They impeached Bill Clinton because he lied about it. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, interesting. Yeah. And they, they actually impeach him? It wasn't incomplete, right? They impeached him. Oh, it just wasn't in a complete, like, resignation. It was just a... No, they fully impeached him. They, uh, The Senate did not have enough votes to remove. Got it. In order to impeach a president, the, the House impeaches Mm -hmm. and then the senate has to have a two-thirds vote to remove got it okay in order to get him out there we go impeachment and removal now the chances of that are very slim unless he fires rosenstein now nixon uh his congress said we're gonna impeach you unless you resign and so he resigned okay okay but that's not gonna happen here i don't think so i don't think so either uh graham lincoln wanted to know if Mueller is fired uh and the dems flip the house could the new Democratic House Intelligence Committee interview Mueller and get him to tell him everything on the record? Why not, right? I mean, that would definitely be an aftermath kind of situation, so I think so. Not if it's going to be a risk to national security, or mm. not if it's going to reveal um, sources or, or methods. Okay. Um, and I honestly don't know. First of all, Trump can't fire Mueller. He'd have to fire Rosenstein, or he'd have to tell Rosenstein to fire Mueller, and Rosenstein's not going to do it. And I don't think Noel Francisco's going to do it either, because he had that dinner. Right. Uh, and and dinner, that's the next person in line. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was seen eating with Sessions and Rosenstein. And when you have dinner with somebody, you can't go it's, against what they say. It's, it's a, yeah. It's the rules. Absolutely. In D- Washington. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. So I, I'm not sure about that. That's that's an interesting thought, though. Like if they fired Mueller and Mueller's just a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a civilian again. Can he that? testify to the new Democratic House Intelligence Committee about everything he knows? I don't mm. know. That's weird. That's a weird question. Um, he probably. Write a, he could write a book like Comey. 
Yeah, people have been talking about that. Yeah, yeah but it's still going to not have any details that are yeah. too classified yeah. information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Cameron asked if any of Trump's lawyers need security clearance. Uh, and if Ivanka has one, huh. Trump's personal private lawyers do not need security clearance. Mm. They're his private lawyers. Um, the White House lawyer needs security clearance, and lawyers who work in the White House need security clearance. Mm. So okay, that's how that goes. Ivanka does not have security clearance. Um, I've talked about this in in a couple of past uh, episodes because of her work on that Trump Tower in Azerbaijan. Mm. Uh, I think that that puts her at risk. Absolutely. Uh, Jennifer Hughes asked if I ever slip into my Trump voice at work by accident. Do <laughs> <laughs> you? No. But here's the one time I use the Trump voice when I'm not purposefully trying to do it. Yeah. If I'm ever having, um, if I ever, you know that voice inside your head where you're like, oh, my thighs look crappy today. My hair looks <laughs> yeah. like shit today. Oh, Every day. what's wrong with my wrinkles? Look at these bat wings. <laughs> um, whenever I start, whenever I catch myself saying bad things to myself, I start doing it in a Trump voice uh-huh. and I immediately defend myself. That is hilarious. Oh, interesting. Allison, oh, so good. your thighs are fat. You know what? You shut the heck up. <laughs> my thighs are awesome. And then all of a sudden I love myself. You know what? That's, That's a great. positive thing to take out of Trump, that confidence. That <laughs> Yeah, just it, I just imagine Trump criticizing me and then I have I am super confident. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Very defensive of myself, which is nice. <laughs> That's good. Uh, last week I asked you guys uh, who you thought would play the parts in the Mueller movie. We had hashtag Mueller movie. <laughs> yes. This hashtag is still going. Keep coming. But here's here's some great responses. At Heathcliff Tatum wants John Voigt to play Trump. Leonardo mm. DiCaprio to play Don Jr., which yes. is funny because the prime minister of Malaysia gifted DiCaprio a Picasso for The Wolf of Wall Street, which was recently seized by the FBI because what? the prime minister of Malaysia is a dickhead. That's so funny. Um, he said, uh, he also said Paul Giamatti for Bannon. Oh. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that one. I kind of like a sideways character who's yeah. just like yeah. drinks the spit bucket of wine and <laughs> dumps it on. Pig vomit, right? That's Pig his name. vomit. <laughs> Reprise that character from the Howard Stern movie. Such a good one. Uh, Roger Stone should be played by Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) That's a good one. If you think of how weird he looks now. Definitely. We'll just get the hair changed. Yeah. Uh, Laverne Cox could be Omarosa. So perfect. Hillary beat Trump says on Twitter that Harvey Weinstein should have to play Trump for no money. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, At occasionalities put forth my favorite for Mueller. Hugh Laurie. Who's oh, Hugh Laurie? House. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's got, perfect. Actually, perfect. it looks kind of like him. Mm-hmm. Hugh, who yeah. is Hugh Laurie? Look, he's, it's I'm my sorry. third husband. Okay. He is Mueller. That's who Hugh Laurie is. Who's playing Kushner? You have that one? Well, here, let's get. Let's see if, if we get Kushner down here. Okay. Uh, that guy, Occasionalities, also said Bob Odenkirk would be a good Comey. And I see that. Ooh. I can see that. Um, at Miss Elmira Gulch. That's a great name. Uh, asked Elmira Gulch. That is an awesome name. Oh my gosh. Asks for Sarah Baker as Sarah Sanders. Yes. Uh, I feel like Sarah Sanders should be played by Elmira Gulch. <laughs> At Citizen Dane says David Lynch could be Mueller. Okay. At Long's View said Luke Wilson should be Mueller because they have that weird wide jaw thing going on. Oh, I got to look that one up. Weird <laughs> wide jaw sounds like Mueller for sure. Luke though. Wilson, the blonde guy, would be no the brown haired guy from Idi- Idiocracy. Oh, okay, oh. I'm thinking of his brother. Yeah, yeah, I know great. you're thinking of Owen Wilson. Yeah, okay, no, Luke Wilson. Yeah, yeah, because he's got that wide jaw. That, yeah, that's you perfect. Know, like he's got like he's hiding nuts for the winter in his cheeks. He does look like that. Uh, let's see, who else do we have on here? Um, 
Why Jothy? Oh, Elena thought Sam Watterson should be Muller. Hmm. Uh, which Is he I've, the big mustache guy? Yeah, I've heard uh, that a lot. Okay. Uh, at Kyle Crane says, a CGI circus should play Trump. Beautiful. <laughs> that's the, I think that's the guy who did Gollum. Oh, Andy Circus. Yeah, Andy Circus. Yeah, Serkis. totally. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, John Hamm could be Manafort. I would be sad about that because I love John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> and Christopher Maloney could be Putin. <laughs> <laughs> I see that a lot. Who is that? That's uh, um, Stabler from SVU. Okay. Okay. At Motel Roach wants Robert Redford as Muller and Ray Liotta as Cohen. Uh, Gene Gaines wants Jeremy Irons as Muller. But Jeremy Irons is always a bad guy. I don't mm. know how I feel about that. <laughs> and he's Cri- British. Yes. He could be uh, He could be Nix. He could be Alexander Nix. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bliss wants John Hader as Eric Trump, which is perfect. That's the oh, guy who played Napoleon Dynamite. I Dynamo. love that. <laughs> Isn't that great? Because he's got the teeth. That's so good. John Hader or Bill Hader would be good, too. It, yes. <laughs> totally. Either Hader. Either Hader. At <laughs> um, HP Down Under has the perfect mooch. Okay, James Franco. I oh, think would be, a, would be a <laughs> great the mooch. James Franco as the mooch. Yes. He'd be so good. Oh the God. puckered lips. I totally That's see great. it. And for me, this week's winner, this week's winner of the, of the Mueller movie challenge is uh, Brandon McAllister at Brandon MC says John Dowd should be played by Timothy Spall. And that is who? That's the guy who plays the weasel rat guy in Harry Potter movies. Oh my gosh. He looks just fucking like That's really that. good. That's so funny. So I've got one. This is mine for Kushner if you don't have a Kushner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who's you who's, who's an, your Kush? My Kushner is a grown up Edward Furlong. Hmm. From Terminator 2. You remember oh, Edward Furlong? Yes. The kid? we got to find him. Let's track him down. He'd be perfect for that. He'd be good, right? You know what? He's I, got the same kind of head. Absolutely. Like I feel like the eyes, too. The Very, same kind of head. Yeah, the, yeah. Like the baby head with the small baby face. Baby head, <laughs> big giant sort of forehead. forehead and so tiny. Cute. Yeah. Something's gone wrong. And I really he like. He just looks really drained of all his soul. Life. Yeah. <laughs> Someone posted a picture of, um, I think it was like a dog that would be play Putin. I thought that was because their oh, face that one was spot on. Yeah, just like Putin. Oh, yeah, the gosh. eyes, the beady eyes, just like scowling at you. Yeah, it did for sure. All right, Katrina Wick said on Facebook, "Quote: I love these ladies. I look forward to the podcast every week. It's funny, witty, and informative. Thank Aww, you." At Sagiria says, "Quote: I am probably obnoxiously big. F- I am a probably obnoxiously big fan of Mueller." She wrote, "If you're a research <laughs> junkie and a Mueller junkie." These folks simultaneously sit with you in the fear and chaos and guide you to a sense of understanding and hope. Weekly episodes are free, 100% worth a dollar for the extras. And Eva De La Rosa added, don't forget the sense of humor because that's why I get out of bed every goddamn day. (laughs) That's right. That's good. I'm so glad that you said that because we don't get a lot of negative reviews, but Mm -hmm. the ones we do get all say the same thing. They say they don't like us laughing. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you've made it this far into this episode, you probably aren't one of those people, but (laughs) I have a message for them. We are Muller junkies, but above all, we are humorists. Um, We're all comics um, and humorists. And as such, we find the laughter in traumatic events. And we do that to cope. Mm -hmm. Okay, Humor is what gets us through our dark times. It's in our DNA to, to, to spin bad news and trauma into something we can all laugh about. Because I don't think it's issues that bring us together. I think it's laughter. Yeah. I think it's our ability to relate um, on, a, on a humorous level to tragedy. I hope we can help you guys find the humor in these tragedies. So that way we can all make it through together. So Yes, very well said. I like that. I've been A.G. 
I'm Juliusa Johnson. I'm Jesse Egan. And this is Mueller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and mixing by Jaleesa Johnson. Market consulting by Amanda Reeder at Unicorn Creative. Our digital media director and subscriber manager is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG with support from Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our web design and creative is by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is MullerSheWrote.com. They might be giants have been on the road for too long. Too long. And they might be giants aren't even sorry. Not even sorry. And audiences like the shows too much. Too much. And now they might be giants are playing their breakthrough album Flood. All of it. And they still have time for other songs. They're fooling around. Who can stop They Might Be Giants and their liberal rock agenda? Who? No one. This ad was paid for with somebody else's money. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said... Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.